This week on 8-Bit Archaeology, we're digging into The Witcher and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Let's get to it! Hey guys, welcome back to 8-Bit Archaeology. My name's Eric and I love playing video games. So, it's been a bit of a hot minute. Um, the last episode I recorded was back at the end of 2018, and that was my kind of wrap-up of games from 2018 that I thought everyone should try. It wasn't exactly a top 10, it was more, everyone should try these if you have the opportunity to. So, since then, a lot has changed. Uh, I've had a lot of personal <laughs> things going on that have kind of uh, halted the podcast for a bit, so I apologize for the gap in production. I, I know it's been about six months, but I legitimately had a lot going on. I started a new job, I got a second surgery on my wrist, so between that and recovering and everything and I for a while I was playing games that I didn't really want to talk about so I wasn't feeling too inspired but I'm back now I played a bunch of games over the last half a year and I've got a good backlog of thought to create some podcast episodes so this week is going to be on a couple different games that I was playing over the last six months specifically uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and The Witcher 3 and I know I mentioned Assassin's Creed Odyssey I believe on the 2018 wrap-up episode but i dumped a bunch more time into it and about 60 hours into The Witcher 3 and I'm way more ready to talk about those games now than I was before. And what I really want to talk about is sort of the feeling of, uh, you know, people in real life travel all over the world because they say they have wanderlust. Well, what happens when you get that feeling from a game? And it's something that you can sit in your, you know, sit at home and play on your screen and be able to travel to these different lands and become immersed. That's sort of the idea I want to talk about. So before I go on ranting about these games and their mechanics and everything. Uh, let's switch into it. Oh, one other piece of housekeeping. I have changed the host site for the podcast. Uh, I switched over to Anchor, uh, so they are going to be the new host of the podcast. I did that for a few reasons, between cost and just, you know, I'm trying to get back into regularly posting, but I didn't want to pay for a platform I wasn't using that much. And there's also just some good creator tools on there that will be helpful for helping the podcast grow. So uh, if there's an interruption in the feed, I apologize. It may take a month or so for everything to kind of course correct. All right, with that being said, let's get into the games. So, what exactly is Wanderlust? Wanderlust is the feeling of needing to travel the world, and a lot of people do this by actually traveling. But, you know, what if you're someone who uh, is more comfortable indoors, but still wants that sense of travel, or, you know, maybe just can't afford to travel, who knows? Um, what I have been experiencing a lot over the last six months is deep immersion in game, open world games that have a really strong foundation to them in terms of lore, world building and environment. So the two games that I've been sinking a ton of time into these last six months are Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I kind of took a break from after the end of 2018, and then came back to and finished part of the main story. I finished about a third of it, and I was about a 60, about 60 hours into that game, so I feel pretty ready to talk about that one. And then also The Witcher 3, which I picked up immediately after Assassin's Creed Odyssey because I wanted a new open world game to tackle, and that is one that I've just endlessly heard good things about and know that I needed to play. So... That was one I picked up directly after Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So let's start with Assassin's Creed. Okay, I love anything having to do with Greek history. Obviously, I my first episode was on uh, God of War. 
and the sort of lore behind that series. So Greek mythology has always been something I've been super into. And when I first got my Xbox, I was looking for games that I could play that would be, you know, sprawling open world adventures. And I I'd never really dipped into the Assassin's Creed uh, franchise before. But Odyssey piqued my interest because A, it was it reviewed pretty well, and also it was set in Greece, so I was sold right off the bat. I think I got it on some holiday sale, so it was like 30 bucks or something, so I just bought it on a whim, and then I sunk about 40 hours into it uh, after like one week. I had off in between Christmas and New Year's, and I just played that game pretty much in my downtime, and holy heck, it is a good game, guys. Uh, I mean... Nothing. I I don't think anything will ever rival Breath of the Wild as my favorite open world game, let alone favorite game of all time. But Assassin's Creed Odyssey is just really good. Um, the world building is really solid. They are really uh, faithful to the source material in terms of Greek mythology and building up a, a, a likable character. I played as Cassandra, not Alexios, just because I heard Cassandra's writing and voice acting was better, and or the writing's probably the same, but the voice actor was better. So I went with Cassandra, and God, she is such a likable protagonist. And what's so good about this game is, like, A, the size of it. It is, it is huge. I don't even think I got through, I think I got through, like, 75% of the map. And even at that, I can't even imagine exploring more. And I didn't even touch the expansions. So this is just a huge game to begin with. B base value, you're probably getting 100-plus hours out of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, just, to, just to complete all the content. Not even, you know, talking about all all the sort of uh, messing around you can do with the world and everything. So uh, let's start with what kind of pulled me into this world. Um, there are a few different things. A, the, I mean, the game just looks beautiful and the way that they have modeled all these uh, ancient cities and temples and the ship travel and all these things sort of form one cohesive package in terms of a believable world. I mean, obviously there's some supernatural things going on. There's a whole subplot about Atlantis, you know, spoilers if you didn't get to like halfway through the game, but obviously it goes into mythological realms, but it was a game where whenever I got pulled out for the actual Assassin's Creed series story set in modern day, oh God, I hated it. I just wanted to go back to Greece and I just wanted to keep, you know, taking down military bases um, exploring with Cassandra, just all these things. Um, and what I really love about it is like the Assassin's Creed Odyssey build its world in a way that kept you engaged, even if a lot of the quests do come down to fetch quests. It either comes down to, you know, fetch this item, uh, you know, help, help conquer this nation, do all the the quest content could sometimes get repetitive and the combat was not very deep either but it was just sort of the ability to explore vast grecian landscapes that kept me coming back um all these major cities that felt like uh bustling metropolises on their own npcs actually do things uh you can interact with them like mildly uh being able to climb anything was also a big a big grab for me because after Breath of the Wild it's really hard to play games where you can't traverse any single you know any single form of terrain and I'm, I'm not gonna keep comparing these games to Breath of the Wild because that seems unfair um, but this game is just super well done I I'm not gonna go on too much longer about it because I'm, I mean they want to talk about the Witcher for this but it's one that I wanted to mention that got me back into open world games I hadn't really touched one since Skyrim last year but honestly it's just so good um, and, you know, that's not very descriptive. Uh, but it's one of those things where if you like strong storylines, exploring uh, the Grecian countryside, engaging with gods and cult members and taking down nations and 
at least decent hack and slash combat. Also, the writing is just really good. Um, Cassandra's just a really likable character, very sassy, very uh, powerful too. You can just feel like you're becoming a Greek god at all times. It's really awesome. Um, I highly recommend this one for anyone who hasn't maybe dipped into the Assassin's Creed franchise before because it's a really good starting point. Uh, it was my starting point, and I'm probably going to come back if they keep making the games like this. So, yeah, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is good stuff. I said it once, I'll say it again. You should get it. It's probably super cheap on sale right now, so go get it. So, the main source of inspiration for this podcast was The Witcher 3. And what I love about this series is, well, series, I've only played the one game. I've not, for, you know, full face value, uh, transparency, I have not played the first two Witcher games like I think most people probably haven't either. So The Witcher 3 was my first introduction to the series, but holy hell, this world is just so well built. And you gotta understand a bit about the source material too. The, the Witcher games are based on novels from the country of origin. Um, so there's rich lore behind everything that's happening in the game. Uh, and obviously there's already established characters, like the main character Geralt of Rivia has two whole games before this to build his character, so I didn't really know what I was getting into getting into this. I just heard that the writing for the series is really good, and that you'll end up getting entrenched more in the side quests than you would the main quests. And I have to say that I, that I found that pretty true. So I'm about 60 hours in, I'm not completely done the story yet, so there's not going to be a lot of spoilers in here, but basically the premise is that you are Geralt of Rivia, a witcher, looking for your lover Yennefer in the beginning of the game, and then eventually you're looking for someone else too. I'm not going to spoil who. But the way this world uh, starts off introducing you to monsters and witchers being sort of monster bounty hunters and stuff is very... Um, they do it... They do it not so gradually. You kind of get thrown right into the fire with it with that initial Griffin mission in uh, the first opening area of the game, which in itself is a whole, like, four to six hour endeavor. And there's, like, ten side quests you can do there. From there, everything just opens up. But what I like about The Witcher is the fact that it has kind of uh, contained areas in a, in a larger open world. So even though it's all open to each other, you have different places like Novigrad or Skellige and all these areas that feel like their own environments. It's not samey. Uh, one thing I could say about Assassin's Creed is that even though the world was gorgeous to explore, sometimes the cities do, did look the same because they had similar architecture. But in uh, The Witcher 3, everything feels vastly different. Everything from White, uh, I think it's Whitehall or White Orchard, to Novigrad, to Skellige, uh, to Velen. All these places have their own feel. And the world just feels very, I don't know, I don't want to say against you, but it feels very harsh. There's monsters littering the landscape, there are people in need all over the place, and no one is really trustworthy, in my eyes anyway. I'm always on my guard, and I think what kind of makes that such a, a tangible thing in these games is the character choice. So what really got me into this world is the fact that Geralt is just a really well-written character, if you like sassy assholes, Geralt is your guy, he swings two swords, he can use some light magic, the combat is pretty decent, um, it's not the it's not the best combat system I've ever run into, but it, 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 it can be challenging sometimes. Um, the exploration is good overall, I like the stamina system just because it recovers a lot quicker, but ooh, I, I do have to mention the horse controls can be a little frustrating sometimes, uh, there were times where I was, you know, piloting Roach, and he would just go in a direction I didn't even go 
or I didn't even point myself towards, or he would clip over certain things. So there are definitely bugs here or there, I, but that's expected in every large open world game. This, these all can't be accounted for. But what really drew me into The Witcher was the fact that this world just has such deep lore and environments that are already established, and then this just continues to build on it. I mean, that opening tutorial when you're in... I forget the name of the main... the main place where The Witcher's Fortress is, but that in itself was just like a huge, breathtaking set piece. And then it plunges you into a small town to start off with, and then things kind of escalate from there. I think I spent the majority of my time in Novigrad, um, but... It was all these sort of minor storylines along the way that I got tangled into. Like the whole Red Baron or uh, Bloody Baron quest is insane. Um, the amount of character choice and uh, effects that that can have on the story is incredible. Because depending on your actions through a minor quest, you have you might have two or three different decisions to make, and that can be the difference between you passing or failing the quest, and then also that can affect things down the line. In the beginning area, there are uh, certain prompts for questions you can answer that can ha that can be basically decisions from previous games in the Witcher series. So decisions that you made in previous games can affect your game now. So it's just all one big series of decision-making that form each player's individual experience. The, the overall large story beats will be the same but each player is going to experience different things by doing various side quests throughout the world and making their own choices. I always try to play more hero characters, so I was never turning people down as Geralt, but I mean, in some cases I would deceive people, I would try to swindle them out of stuff, and it just felt it felt like that was in line with the character. Geralt feels like someone who generally would try to do good, but he, at the end of the day he just needs to get paid. So that's the way I was playing The Witcher, but what really makes this game you know, great is the side quest, and the content on the side quest is just phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, it starts out pretty bare bones. There's one where you, uh, in the beginning area, where you have to help a lady rec reclaim her frying pan that was stolen by a bandit, um, but you have to do some investigation to find it. And sure, that's like a pretty small one-off side quest. Doesn't sound like it holds a lot of meaning, but then in other areas, you can do side quests that affect whether or not characters will aid you down the line in certain larger battles. So it's things like that where you get to build interpersonal relationships with characters based on helping them with quests and the de decisions that you make that make the game feel like it has impact. I felt more stressed about the choices I was making as Geralt, but in, in a good way because I wanted to get a good outcome while also trying to stay true to what decisions I would make myself. So there's a it's it's a it's a combination of the scenery in this world. Oh, the game just looks beautiful too. I probably didn't mention that yet. Um, the water in this game looks awesome. I don't know what it is about the water, but I just love the water. Um, but these cities all feel like they're lived in. Everything is very well modeled and built. Um, the characters all have uh, they're all really well animated. The voice acting is spot on. I, just the production quality of this game is awesome. So it's a combination of writing. Uh, graphics, gameplay, and exploration that make The Witcher 3 so good. Um, because the choices you're making affect affect your story, the world, and you can also just get so entrenched in side quests that it, it, you know you can take a break from the main story, and you probably have to to level grind at some point if you if you if you don't want too much of a challenge. I tried to always make sure that I was on level with uh, with the quests, but sometimes I would go in under leveled, but I think the grind gives you a little bit of a chance to explore the rest of the world, so I didn't see it as a bad thing. Overall, this game is just really good, and I'm sure everyone has played it, and I'm super late talking about it, but I just wanted to get word out there for it. 
Um, I'm not going to harp on it much longer. I kind of wanted to talk about these two briefly as just sort of what I've been playing over the last few months and uh, give you guys a couple good recommendations. Oh, here's one thing. I do not know about The Witcher 3 port on Switch. Uh, at the time of recording, it has only been... Uh, only a trailer has been released, so I don't know how it's how it's playing on there. I know I usually play my games on the Switch, but I've been playing this on Xbox One. Same with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, ob obviously. So um, that's what I played it on, and uh, I ran into no issues with gameplay or anything like that. No stutters, no frame rate drops, nothing. I mean, it's it's an older, it's a little bit of an older game, so that's to be expected. But just for transparency, I have no clue how the Switch port is, but I'm curious to see how it runs. I probably won't double dip on it just because it's such an expensive game, and I it, it's not one that I really feel like playing on the go. But if you haven't checked it out before and Switch is the only thing you can play it on, and if it's out now, go for it. So that's going to do it for this episode of 8-Bit Archaeology. Uh, again, apologies for the delay in the podcast for the last six months. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be back and trying to record as many episodes as I can, probably on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. It really depends more on the games I'm playing again. Um, but I have some good ideas for episodes coming up. I want to talk a bit about Mario Maker. Um, I want to talk more about some other games, too, that I've been playing. Oh, probably some Bloodstained. And then I definitely want to talk about Slay the Spire, which I just got and has its claws in me already. But I, I want to put a lot more time into that before I talk about it. So... Uh, where can you find us? You can find us at 8BitArch on Twitter. You can email us at 8BitArch at gmail.com. And you can find us on the Anchor website at 8BitArchaeology. Uh, the Fireside site is going to be going down soon, so just keep an eye out for that. And hopefully there's no uh, interruption in the feed. There shouldn't be. I've given it enough time to where there shouldn't be any lag between them. But until next time, thank you guys for listening, and see you later.